I would say the clutter in my life is probably social media that can just be so addicting to just continuously mindlessly scrolling. Either laundry that's not folded or all the things that I need to do that come into my head before I go to sleep. For me, clutter is whenever my room is super messy and I get a lot of trash left in my car and I begin to feel like my life's cluttered so I have to clean out my car and clean my whole entire room and pick up every single piece of laundry. Uh, well, I have too many pots in my kitchen so we had to go and buy a new shelf. Well, I wonder if you can relate. Uh, your schedule, your home, your job, there's just way too much stuff and life feels overwhelming. Maybe it's time to purge or downsize or even simplify. Well, this is Focus on the Family. That's our topic today. Thanks for joining us. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I'm already smiling because everybody knows how much I love this topic when it comes to my garage. <laughs> so I'm proud it's a to perennial say, topic here. ironically, I just finished cleaning it. <laughs> so well, I'm you, happy. Did, was it because you knew we were going to no, come up with this? No, not at all. I didn't know this was coming like okay. three weeks ago. But yeah, we were out there. Troy and I were sweeping away, getting the boxes organized, putting up the... Leftover Christmas stuff up in the attic yeah. in the garage. And it so felt I, good. Whew, I feel good. <laughs> I feel really good. So today we I'm are really going to talk about all these wonderful things and spiritually how they connect to your relationship with God. And you may think, wow, that sounds like such a small thing. Trust me, this is going to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Courtney Ellis is an author, speaker, podcast host, and pastor. Uh, she and her husband, Daryl, have three young children, and she's written a book that will really be the basis for our conversation today. It's full of great insights, and uh, it has the Bible woven through it. Uh, the book is called Uncluttered, Free Your Space, Free Your Schedule, Free Your Soul. Courtney, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. It's good to have you. And uh, boy, I appreciate the topic. I do. I make fun of it a little bit. But it, it there is a lot of spiritual application to this. I mean, the Lord said, don't you know worry too much about this or those things. Just go, right? That's a paraphrase. That sounds like a paraphrase. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the Lord basically was saying, don't worry about materialism. Mm -hmm. You know, your Father in Heaven knows your needs. And yet, at times, we just like overload on stuff and then we got so much stuff it starts to run our lives hmm. so let's start with that the scriptural application to what we're talking about because a lot of people think eh, you know that doesn't really have a deep meaning but it does it really does our possessions little by little it's always incrementally none of us go to the store and buy out the store and bring home everything but little by little one pair of shoes at a time one book at a time one toy at a time it can begin to take over and the bible does remind us to store up our treasures in heaven and the real heart of the issue is the more stuff we have, the more time we have to devote to caring for that stuff, to, to paying attention to where we store that stuff, to going back to the store to get more bins so we can organize this stuff. And that takes away from time we could spend in a hundred other God-ordained ways. Yeah. Now, to make sure the audience understands your bona fides, um, you are a mom of three kids, 10, 7, and 4. I am. Seriously, you got time to think about decluttering? Are you serious? I You're think, busy. Honestly, I think the Matchbox cars make more Matchbox cars in the middle of the night. <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, we didn't have this many toys yesterday. So it's tough, but it's tough in different ways at different phases of life. I think folks who are retired might look at their shelves and think, I don't need 
half of this anymore. How did it even make its way into my house? Yes. Right? Folks who have young kids, it's really difficult. We have two boys and a girl. And of course, the girl, as much as we would love her to be interested in the trains, she is interested in the princesses. So we a have whole another inventory set. Right? We, we just add to the stuff. And so... <laughs> to pay attention to it on the front end so you don't have to spend so much time organizing it on the back end is part of the key. You'll be so proud of us. So our boys are now in their 20s and we finally got rid of the toy box in the basement. <laughs> I mean, it was a massive toy box that had, we did keep the Nerf guns, <laughs> but everything else out the door. You have to keep and, the Nerf And stuff. Uh, I was thinking, wow, I think it's about time. This is good. Yeah. So Gene took the bull by the horns and got that taken care of. Um, in a serious way, a few years ago, you were experiencing panic attacks. How did that connect to, you know, unclutter? I was. So we, my husband and I have been in California now for nine years, but we moved from Wisconsin where we lived in this big old farmhouse next door to the church and it was massive. And then we moved into a California condo and we brought most of our stuff. And stuff can have effects on your spirit, effects on your emotional health and living in this cluttered place really started to get to me. And the the stuff was part of it. My overstuffed schedule was part of it. But I began to feel like I, I almost couldn't breathe because wow. my life had too much in it. That's a serious moment. I mean, again, a lot of people might, let me speak for myself. I mean, I could discount that. I can feel like, oh, I'm not breathing. And, but I don't necessarily know why, you right. know, and to connect that to your overstressed schedule, your clutter, all that. How did you make that connection that this is, I think, what's causing me this problem? Yeah, my husband and I had a conversation one night where I, I said, I just feel like it's too much. And he said, what is too much? And yeah, I said, all right. of it. All of it yeah. is too much. That's the helpful. Stuff, the <laughs> schedule, the amount that we've crammed into our life at the, at the point of when I started writing this book, we had one child. Now we have three. And it was just overwhelming. And so we didn't know where to start. So we started by stopping. We wow. stopped buying new things. We stopped putting things on the calendar that weren't absolutely essential. Yeah. You still do, you know, have to go to the dentist. I recommend it. Keep that appointment. Well, let, let's get into that a bit to be practical for the people that are going, okay, you convinced me I'm one of them. Um, what's the process uh, that you use to declutter? And the big question, <laughs> your husband and your kids on board with this? I could see your kids going, no, mommy, I like that toy. Give it back to me, mommy. <laughs> oh, mommy, wait. don't throw that away. For sure. We've had that conversation <laughs> 6,000 times. Um, and you can't really go in and declutter your kids' rooms without their permission or Good. that will be really rough on them. And every marriage tends to have one saver of things and one tosser of things. And so there will be tension there as well. I have tried to throw out my husband's high school prom fancy shoes. We've been married 16 <laughs> years now, at least 16 times, and they keep making their way out of the Goodwill oh pile. Goodness. So you start with yourself. You start with your own closet, your own possessions, your own schedule. And what happened was as I started to have less, do less, experience the freedom that God offers when we're not overburdened, my husband was like, I think... I think I'm interested. Tell me about that. I think I'm interested in some of that. And <laughs> Bro, let it go, man. Get rid right? of the shoes. <laughs> and the same was true with our children. And, and part of it for children is instilling generosity in them. We had a conversation about, look how many toys you have. There are other kids who could use toys, would need toys. We have friends who are um, going to adopt a foster child and... He, they have girls. They're mm -hmm. adopting a boy. We have boys. We have boy toys. They said, could you spare some? And of course, they first go to the broken things, the things they don't like. And we say, what toys would you want to play with? And so to begin that conversation with them where it's not we're clearing it all out, which as a mom, when I get overwhelmed, that's the temptation. Mm -hmm. But instead to say, could you maybe pick five things today that we could gift to this family? 
Courtney, I know from the book, this wasn't easy for you. It sounds like you almost mathematically figured this out. A plus B equals C. But speak to the mom, the wife, the husband, who is not seeing this as an easy task. It looks overwhelming. So speak to your struggles with that as you went through it. It, it isn't an easy task because it's not just about possessions. Every possession has memories that are attached to it, feelings that are attached to it, nostalgia that's attached to it. One of the hardest moments was we had moved from Wisconsin to California into this tiny condo and we brought this table that my parents had gifted to us. This was my childhood table. It had a little bit of paint. Yes, it expanded. (laughs) It literally could seat 18 people and we were in a tiny condo. So it was in our dining room and it was in our living room. And people kept asking, are you going to host a banquet? And I said, no, I just can't part with it. I feel so guilty. My mom gave this to me. I moved Mm. it from Wisconsin to California. And finally I realized, okay, I have to let this table go. It's, It's ridiculous. Like we can't walk in our own home because of this table. And I called my mom and I said, I'm so sorry. I know this table meant so much to our family. I think I have to let it go. And she said, of course you need to let, I was wondering when you were gonna like, it doesn't fit the space. I put it online for sale. And within 10 minutes, a pastor's wife contacted me and said, this is exactly what we need for our parish hall. So we can have our dinners with our deacons. Thank you so much. I'll pick it up today. And it was like the Lord Almighty said to me, see, yeah, see, I got you. Right. It's not even that it's about me letting go of things. It's about who else might be blessed by these things I've been clinging to that don't serve me. Hmm. You know, so often as human beings, we chase the shiny thing. It could be a project here at Focus. That's one of the disciplines you have to constantly put in an organization. You know, we don't want to chase the shiny thing. What has God called us to do? Yeah, it can be hard to get a hold of it, especially a lot of folks who have trouble over-purchasing are bargain hunters. And so there's the justification of, but it was only $4, but I got it on clearance. And it's like, that's okay, but your closet is still filled to bursting mm-hmm. or your shelves are still filled to bursting. It's it's not about value ultimately. It's about what will this possession take from you in the time ahead when you have to care for it, you have to store it, you have to deal with it. And people medicate by shopping, but they also medicate by being busy. And those are two sides of the same. Wait a minute. Well, no, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. Being busy is a That's good thing. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Mark my problem. Pride. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for taking my legs out from yeah. under me. Mm-hmm. But in that way, uh, you and Daryl, I mean, you set out on this adventure. I'll call it that. It's you know, a mountain you needed to climb. Did the two of you um, find healthier alternatives? Was there ever kind of a strong disagreement between you about these things? How did that work out in your own marriage? Yeah, for sure. It's a journey we undertook together, but also it's a journey we are still taking independently and we have different uh, thresholds for acceptable amount of possessions. And that's just part of being in a marriage is, is God will speak to me. God will speak to him. We will walk this journey together. But when we have a disagreement, it's okay. Ultimately, who's going to wear these shoes? They get to make that final decision. And that's been, that's been a good way for us. to. I have a terrible confession. So I, I am a thrower. Yeah. I mean, if it's an arm's length, it's gone. And so I got a big, big trash bin to come in and you know they set it down for a week in your driveway and so I start cleaning out the garage I remember I think there was a sticky with a phone number and a name on it that was stuck on our ATV and I'm thinking okay this has been here for like a year I don't think anybody needs this sticky so in the trash it went in this gigantic disposal thing and later that afternoon, Jean's going, I had a number on that ATV and, you know, I don't know. Oh, no. somehow she knew I threw this sticky away <laughs> yeah. and she goes and gets it. And I'm like, okay, maybe that was too much. 
So I mean, you got to be a little respectful of yes. things that may be important to your spouse, yes. like a phone number. Absolutely. It's risky to declutter on behalf of someone else. You can do mm. it together or you can do it for you, but you need to partner if you're going to do it together, whether it's a child or a spouse or an aging parent, you're helping clean out their house. You may not know what is most important to them. And mm. so those okay. conversations take a lot of time and a lot of energy. Courtney, I, I want to shift to an area that I don't think we think about when it comes to being uncluttered technology. Speak to that and how, how do children compete with the phone to get their parents' attention? Yeah, digital technology is a wonderful thing when it's used within bounds. And uh, there was a picture in a magazine of a, a woman's hand holding a phone and a baby laying below it and the woman looking at the phone and I was like oh that's that's me like mm. my kid is seeing the back of my hand and the back of my phone and my distracted face as I'm changing a diaper because there are portions of parenthood that are pretty boring and I was looking for diversion I was reading articles I was listening to podcasts but when we can keep digital technology within its proper bounds it's a tool that we use rather than a tool that uses us let's talk about that what were some things that you did that you were able to corral that digital beast i did a bunch of things that failed first of all mm. i i tried to just be better and i tried to you know and i'd have a good day where i barely looked at my phone and i felt great and the next day i looked at my phone six thousand times Made before up for lunch the day before. <laughs> right exactly and and what i realized <clears throat> is there are thousands and thousands of engineers behind this screen that get paid if i click if i scroll like it's it's not a fair fight mm. and so we've developed tools as a family <laughs> that take that fight out of our hands so we have this wonderful lockbox that we put our phones in during dinner and bedtime and we just can't access them and and every once in a while something happens and I'm like, I wish I could take a picture of that. And also it's okay. So to have tools to, to use the settings on your phone to limit screen time for yourself, for your kids, to take some of that fight out of your own hands yeah. so that you can rest in that peace and in that space. We take a digital Sabbath. We have at least one week a year where we're off our phones. One month a year we sign off of social media because we don't do things halfway very well. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's really good. Mm -hmm. um, in that regard, uh, today's tech, you say, uh, has eliminated that space for downtime. Yeah. How do you think technology has really soaked up those in-between spaces where we don't have downtime? Yeah, it really has. It fills all the cracks and crevices of our day. And one of the healthiest things for the human brain is boredom and silence. That's where a lot of creativity happens. Huh. You ever notice you have some of your best ideas in the shower mm -hmm. because your phone's not yeah. in there with you? But now we have waterproof phone. You can bring your phone in the shower. But we, we need those true. spaces. That's yes. Children need those spaces. Adults need those spaces. But the easiest thing to do is always to look at a screen. So we have to make it less easy for ourselves so that we have those holy spaces where we can hear from God, where yeah. we can look into the eyes of our children, where we can remember that we're not just producers and consumers, we're, we're human beings. Yeah. And it's so good. I mean, again, I don't think most people would think of technology as a uncluttering effort, but your book is packed with these great insights and ideas. Um, you know, we often complain about having overloaded schedules. I think many of us, if I could say it, we wear it as a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, I'm busy. I flew here yesterday and I'm going there. And blah, 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 blah. It's, a, it's a humble brag. A humble brag, yeah. yeah. Aren't I important? <laughs> but we, we kind of fail to acknowledge most of that's our own fault. I mean, my assistant, Teresa, is so good. She's like, well, you said yes to this. Well, why didn't you say no? 
<laughs> she, well, you, you're, you're the, the boss. boss. <laughs> I mean, she's so good at pushing back, but gently reminding me that uh, I created this mess, not her. Um, but how, how do we, one, I guess, get a hold of that? And then how do we control that out of control schedule so we have time for family and weekend? And how do we do it? It's it's a tricky thing for sure. The the best practice that we've found, my husband and I serve a church, we have young children, you know, there are always more good things to do and there are always more crises on the horizon. And that's why God gives us the gift of Sabbath. Mm. Every week, once a week to rest from our labors and remember that the work ultimately is the Lord's. And it's not a reward for good behavior. It's not great. You finished all the things so you can rest and worship. It's even with things left undone, which they always will be. Mm -hmm. The work is the Lord's rest, worship, pray, play. Yeah. There's a story you had in the book that I want to pull out. You wrote it, so I'm not embarrassing you. Someone's going, how could you ask that? But there was something about a class pet and yes. you were pregnant. So connect all the dots for us. How was this an aha that I should not say yes to this? Yeah, so our kids attend our wonderful church preschool and the teachers are amazing. They each have a class pet. It's a bird, it's a little parakeet. And all the children get to take it home for a weekend or for spring break, something like that. And I'm in the line, I'm like 100 months pregnant. It feels I've got like to ask you, though, are you saying there's one parakeet in the class or like 20? Every class has a parakeet. Every class Individual, has one parakeet. Yes, one, okay, one. good, good. Um, so anyway, you're pregnant. Set that up again. Sorry. So I'm I'm eight and a half months pregnant. My due date is in just a couple weeks. And my oldest son is three years old. He's in the class. And the teacher meets me at the door with the parakeet clipboard. And I haven't signed up yet because I've been a little busy. And she says, you know, Lincoln hasn't signed up. Will you please sign him up for the parakeet? And I look and there's only one slot left available. And it is the spring break, which is in two weeks, which is my due date for our second baby. And, <laughs> and in that moment, my unborn son kicks me in the ribs. And I drop the clipboard <laughs> and I say, you know, I'll, I'll get back to you tomorrow. And I go home and share the story with Daryl. And Daryl goes, absolutely not. And I said, well, we have to. Everyone takes home the parakeet. And he goes, Courtney, you can tell her no. The parakeet will not survive. Are you like, looking you're at my gonna, face right now? I'm like, <laughs> duh, way to go, Daryl. You're not going to remember I mean, to feed the parakeet did, when you're in labor. Like, did this the is, teacher look at your tummy? <laughs> this is a no My gosh, that's like self-evident. You know, I'm having a baby next week. <laughs> I, I'm a person who looks nine months pregnant for four months. So she had no way of knowing how close I was to my due date. But, but it was is this revelation that you don't have to say yes to every invitation, even a good invitation, even an invitation that everybody else has said yes to, that sometimes God is calling you to something greater. And that is the secret. Besides Sabbath, the other secret for uncluttering your schedule is remembering your deeper purpose. Mm -hmm. And in this season, my mission, my deeper purpose was to get this baby safely from one side to the other into the world. The big question, though, someone's thinking it, so I'll ask it on behalf of them. How'd you explain that to your little boy? Yeah. What'd you say to him? You know, he was he was okay with it. And we switched with another parent. And we were able to bring the parakeet home when the new baby was a couple months old. And we enjoyed the parakeet rather than forgetting to feed the parakeet. <laughs> right, right. So but it didn't turn into have, some disaster emotionally for it, your son. He was hmm. okay with it. He's not a big pets kid. But we also, <laughs> we could have just said a full no. Yeah. We we took the parakeet later because we had space, we had room, we were looking forward to it, but you can just say a full no. Yeah, you took the parakeet for the summer. That was nice of you. <laughs> you know what? We took the parakeet, this is funny, we took the parakeet two days before the pandemic began. 
So we had the parakeet. That that joke about the person who oh. brought the class hamster home for the weekend, we had that parakeet for seven months. Oh, my, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is a little retribution for the parakeet. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Say yeah. no to me, huh? And it lived. It lived the whole time. Yeah. We brought it back healthy. That's incredible. Uh, you know, for those that don't know, um, and this is on the serious side of scriptural uh, point to make, that, that Jesus modeled boundaries and pulling back. But describe that blurriness that somehow we equate busyness with godliness and then take the example, what was the example that Jesus gave us saying no? Yeah, busyness helps us feel important. I have things to do. There are many people who need me, so I'm very, very important. And and the truth is that busyness often separates us from our neighbor. It separates us from God. It can separate us from our own spiritual need, our own spiritual hunger. And it's a sign that we are not clear in the mission that God has called us to. Mm -hmm. And this is what we see Jesus doing over and over. It's fascinating. If you flip through the Gospels, Jesus says a variation of, I am going to Jerusalem dozens of times. He knows what his mission is. He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to die on the cross for the sins of all humanity. And if he had been diverted from that mission, it'd be very bad for all of us. So when he says no to the crowds, it's to go spend time in prayer with his father to prepare him for this mission because he has to go to Jerusalem. When our mission is clear, it becomes much easier to say no to things. Yeah. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to be? How is God calling you to care for your family, to live into your vocation? When these things are clear, it becomes much easier to say no to the things that are not part of that. Well, I think it's an interesting observation when he says, the Lord says, you know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. For a lot of Christians, they don't feel that. Mm -hmm. It still feels heavy. I'm so busy. But this is exactly the area of your life that you need to take a look at then. If if you're not able to get that margin to spend time in prayer, to understand what your mission is with your own mission and then your family mission with your spouse, et cetera. In fact, you and Daryl, I think it was in premarital counseling, you were challenged to think about your marriage mission. You know, we didn't cover that in our premarital counseling. I think it would have been a good addition to what Gene and I did. I mean, we thought about what we wanted to do to serve the Lord and, <laughs> you know, be faithful followers of Christ. But how did that stretch you and what was that mission that you created? Yeah, we had these wonderful premarital counselors, husband and wife, and we were kind of insulted by their question. <laughs> how will you serve God better together? And we're like, we love each other and we love God and just do the wedding, okay? And Say that the question's really good because yeah. it was, how could you serve the Lord better together than separately? Yes. That's a, that is a profoundly good question. And they said, if you do not have an answer to this, we will not marry you. And wow. we were like, wow, you know, we've been volunteering in the youth group for years and we love Jesus and we love each other. Which is to their point. Right. But they really <laughs> pushed us on it. If And they said, if, if you're not going to serve God better, together than separately, then God may not be calling you to marriage at this time. So you ran away for a couple of days and <laughs> we said, did. You, I was you in had a tears date night. in the car. On the, would you Darryl, come back Daryl is taking me back to my apartment and I'm like, Whoa. Um, <laughs> we're not getting married. Right? This is, I, I can't believe they asked us this question and they asked it because they love us and yeah. because they love the well, Lord. It made you think about it and, yes. and come up with a family mission, right? Yeah. Statement. Yes. And what was it basically? Yeah. It was that God is calling us to provide opportunities for hospitality and respite and discipleship. And God has used that every step of our marriage. We now serve a church together, and we see that on multiple fronts, mm. rest for the weary and a meal for the hungry. And so many folks within our community are just hungry 
to be in a place and with people who genuinely love each other and have space for them. Yeah. And this takes us all the way back to the beginning. You shouldn't have gotten rid of that table. <laughs> <laughs> you need 18 places. We do. Now we go to the backyard. Yeah. We now we're sit, saying we save everything you've ever had. Yeah. No, that's not the message today. Mm-hmm. Courtney, this has been so good. Uh, let's come back and keep the discussion going. I think we can hit some of the other topics that you cover in the book, Uncluttered. Free your space, free your schedule, free your soul. It's a big, big promise, but there's so many good elements here. I'd like to come back and do that. Can we do that? I'll be here. All right, let's do it. That's how we concluded part one of our conversation with Courtney Ellis on Focus on the Family. And uh, we hope you were encouraged by her story and motivated to declutter and reprioritize some areas of your life. And we also hope that you plan to join us for part two of the discussion next time. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. I think this is such a great topic. I hope you've been encouraged to clear out the clutter. At the heart of it is a statement that Courtney made. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to be? How is God calling you to care for your family? When these things are clear, it becomes much easier to say no to the things that are not part of that. I think that's so great. And if you feel you need more help to apply this, I encourage you to get a copy of Courtney's book, Uncluttered. Free your space, free your schedule, free your soul. Order that when you call us on 031-716-3300 or find it on our website at safamily.co.za. We're excited to have Rob Parsons joining us again this month for some events. Rob will present a seminar titled 10 Vital Parenting Lessons I Wish I'd Learned Earlier. Rob has had an interesting parenting journey and he shares the lessons he learned, many the hard way. Join us as Rob unravels some key insights that can redefine your parenting journey. Rob will also present an event called The Heart of Communication, where he brings together his 50 years of public speaking experience and unpacks methods that can help any speaker improve, covering topics like tried and tested techniques for better preparation, creative ways to utilize the power of storytelling, and tactics for avoiding the most common distractions. We'll be in Pretoria and Cape Town from the 26th to the 29th of Feb. You can find all the details at safamily.co.za. I'm Graham Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you to join us next time when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ.